You able to hear me? Oh, yeah, it's through my headphones now. I got it. All right, good. What is up, guys? I'm your host, Dylan, and this is Dubsy's Corner. With me today is a lifelong friend of mine, Jacob. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about our childhood and everything. Uh, Us being growing up religious I, I know that was a main thing like we both grew up religious i remember like you would come into school like you were dressed for church every fucking day <laughs> but that necessarily didn't, wasn't uh involved with the religious aspect it was more so i uh, just i like dressing up and looking professional i know but I, I, the trade school you know some some days it was mandatory i had to but when you more so like elementary school and shit, like it looked like you were going to church every day and you were going to oh, school, yeah. like. <laughs> but yeah, more so like high school. Now, some of it was cringy, like real cringy. Nah, we were kids. <laughs> That's what made it cringy. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're out there, but uh. Yeah, I was talking to Luke last night about the podcast and everything, and then, like, I told him that we were going to talk about our childhood, and I don't know if you want to, like, necessarily, like, get into details and stuff, but he had asked me about your dad and everything, and so, like, I explained to him sort of kind of what I remembered of the story and stuff, but I told him, like, yeah, it was, like, a pretty fucked up situation and stuff, but, like, what were... young and stuff so like what were some ways that you got over that because when I lost my dad at the age of like 18 and stuff that hit me hard as fuck like I still don't get over I mean I know it's something that you don't still get over but like what were ways that you coped with it you know because like there's people out there that still need help coping with it yeah and uh you know like you said it doesn't matter what age you are, you know, you lose your father, your mother, any kind of close family, especially parents. So that's going to hit you. Oh hard yeah. And probably. grandparents, like grandparents oh, sure. are a hard one too. Yeah. Cause you know, it doesn't matter who it is. You see somebody laying in a puddle of blood dying. Yeah. That, that's going to fuck with you regardless of what age you're at. Oh yeah. I mean, and no one experiences like that per se, but like still is like seeing the body of like, your loved one and stuff and you know that they've passed on and everything like that shit it it fucks with you but it does i mean i I, guess uh as far as coping with it you know it's it's an everyday thing man like it's not like something you you find a like it's hard to explain you can't just find a hobby or a substitute for that and let it eat up your time and that just magically make everything better there's not really uh any advice i could give to somebody it's like well hey i'm having a hard time going through this i just lost so and so uh how did you get through it? it's like man i'm getting through it every day like it's an everyday thing it's not just i got over it uh, yeah, i mean it's, it's not something you said what a big thing that plays into that's uh, just forgiveness you know if you can find in your heart like for me it was my father was murdered so it's, yeah. it's different than somebody you know oh so and so had a heart attack or they had blood clots or cancer you know well, uh, i mean but you like especially nowadays and stuff you see how like easily it could come up that someone's dad was murdered like nowadays everyone yeah. like it's easy 
Oh, yeah. It's a lot more common nowadays than it was when we were a lot younger. Which, uh, that could also be because, like, when we were younger, you know, we were kind of ignorant to the world and, like, what was going on in the world. Because, like, there was still some shit. Because, like, there was some fucked up shit, like, with our government and stuff that was going on back in, like, the 50s and shit with, like, MK Ultra and all that shit, like... So, like, we've always dealt with, because people that went through those experiments and stuff, if they died, the government didn't care because, like, it was the secret thing. No one knew about it anyway, so they just kind of was like, oh, fuck it. Like, that's an experiment loss. But, like, no one knew about that shit. Like, they was just willingly doing it and everything, and, like, it's crazy. We think that now that we're growing up and we see the chaos that times have gotten worse, but I think that maybe times have always been worse. We're just now realizing how bad they're actually getting like, right, right. or how bad it's actually been. Like you, yeah. Cause like you said, as a child, you're ignorant to a lot of that stuff. So, and you're more sheltered. So you may not like, it makes you wonder like, well, has in, as far as our generation, our lifetime, uh, was a government society always as bad as it is now? I mean, it, I, I would say it's definitely progressed, but has it always been necessarily bad? I feel uh, like I feel like all governments have been bad. I feel like our government has been bad for the simple fact that we're the youngest country for real. Like we're like what three hundred or some something years like of a country like we're not even for real built yet like say china or russia or anything like that you know yeah that's even where then, a lot of our faults are yeah and then a lot of the uh uh like the actual feminists not like modern feminism but like legitimate feminist and like uh, equality, for, equality yeah and then racial inequality that's only been like prevalent and really been like a good accomplishment for say like the last hundred or so years so it you know, it really makes you wonder just how long has have things really been messed up? And I mean, it's been really messed up it. for a while. Like, you got to think. Like, when we say 300 years, to us, that's a long time. But, like, to the universe, that's, like, a relatively just quick split second of the universe, you know? Yeah, but, it's an, uh, the Bible says, like, a thousand days to God is only, like, a day for us. Or a day for like, a thousand years for us is, like, one day to God. Yeah. So just in the grand scheme of just everything, it, a 300 years seems like a lot to us, but in reality, it's really not as far when you look at how long other countries have been founded and all the accomplishments and progress they've made in certain areas. Oh, yeah. To us. I like how you like brought how it says that a day for God is like a thousand of, or, of our years or something like that. I forget exactly how it's worded, but it's something along those lines. But uh, because, I mean, not even like when you look at it, like me being spiritual and everything, I just mm-hmm. got done saying, you know, like 300 years to us, that's pretty fucking long. But like to the universe, that's a relatively short time, you know, and yeah. like. I believe that there is a higher power. Like there is something that put everything here. And I believe that God and the universe are pretty much one in the same kind of intertwined with each other, you know? Mm -hmm. So like 
when you sat there and you was able to say that, it kind of connected that back to like, yeah, it makes sense that God and the universe are kind of one and the same because like something that's relatively short for the universe is relatively short for God and God is everything. So, I mean, it, it just, it makes more sense for me. That's, that's kind of why I fell out of Christianity and stuff. Not because like, I mean, there's definitely some other factors, you know, there were like judgmental Christians, people who played the part, stuff like that. But I mean, I I saw through the bullshit and like most of Christians and stuff. And I saw who were genuinely trying to be Christ-like and people who were just playing a part, hoping they got a seat in heaven, you know? Yeah. And that Uh, comes in, uh, especially in modern days, you have a lot of these modern preachers and modern churches who are actually heretics and false teachers because they're not really preaching like what Jesus would want you to be preaching. They're not preaching the gospel. They're preaching like feel good messages and stuff. It's like, well, we just want to keep people, young people's attention and attract a bunch of young people in, but they're doing it in such a worldly way. It's uh, they're not really asking, promoting a change in yourself because, you know, being a Christian and I don't ever know if I want to necessarily say being a Christian because of the negative stigma that's uh, that's came with over the years. But when you decide to give your life to Christ and you decide to live Christ, like there should be evidence of that. You know, there's a change that happens in you and you you choose to live better. And modern, yeah. In modern times, a lot of churches and preachers say, well, like it used to be uh, people would be like, well, how, how can I live more like Christ and not sin so I can get into heaven? And modern people are teaching that, well, how can I, get to heaven while still holding on to certain sins I'm not ready to let go of or things that I'm doing that I know I shouldn't be doing that, you know, I need to let go of. So it's a, it's a lot of misinformation, misinterpretation of the text and just a lot of just people trying to attract people into the group through a worldly way. And it's just, in in the end, that's not going to work. You know, that's not what saves people. I get what you're saying, but you got there's also those preachers that use religion kind of as a political tactic or they uh-huh. use politics as a religious tactic. I don't know. It's one or the other, but I mean it's not, not everyone not everyone who listens to this will know who I'm talking about, but brother Jerry being like an example and stuff like he sits there and he like puts this fear monger and like people and stuff where they like they hate this certain group of like people or something like he'll he'll talk about ISIS and stuff. And then, you know, he'll talk about how it's a bunch of Muslim ran organization. I mean, I believe that that's true to an extent, but I believe that there's some people like in America that could be considered just like how ISIS is considered, like oh yeah, uh, like like domestic terrorism is terrorism is just as bad as any kind of foreign terrorism, and it's you real know, in every it. country. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, evil is evil. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Republican, Democrat, whatever. You know, there's evil people in whatever group, whether it be a racial group, a sexual orientation, or religion, or whatever. You know, I've met some Muslims uh, when I was in basic training who were like genuinely nice guys. And, you know, yep. I've seen some Muslims that do some pretty crappy stuff. So, I mean, it's it's not necessarily based on whatever party or religious group you're affiliated with. It's more or less just how you are as a person. 
Oh, yeah, because you have, like, radical people on both sides, and then you have, like, these people who are just, like, you know? For sure. Like, there was a time at Westside not too long ago where we were, uh, there was a business meeting after church, and uh, and this lady felt uh, she was led by the Spirit, and she's like, you know, I, I feel like God's telling me, but we need to build our church back up. You know, this whole division with COVID and not showing up to church, and, you know, she's like, it's, don't get me wrong, it's great that given everything that's going on, people who don't want to come, we can stream it on Facebook or whatever. There's other opportunities where you don't necessarily miss the service. Yeah. But, you know, the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of my people. So, like, you know, it's kind of God wants you to fellowship and have that, uh, that, that church family. So she felt led by the spirit to propose that we lift the band on that and resume regular services. And the whole church was all for it. And one of the deacons, we're like, well, hold on. We, you have to do it this certain, like, that's one of the things Like, I feel like politics has gotten mixed too much into church because it's not necessarily ran by God or ran by uh, the Holy spirit of feeling what God would have you do. It's more random political way. Like, well, we have to have a motion, like a business meeting. Like, and one of the deacons got really heated about it. He's like, well, you, we have to go through bylaws and all this. And, and me, you know, I'm not really heavily involved in that church particularly. I'm not really buddy, buddy with a lot of, especially not the deacons or any of the older pe- members there. Yeah. But uh, I asked him, I was, I was like, well, are we here to serve bylaws or are we here to serve Jesus? Because, I mean, if Jesus was in this church right now and he heard you say that, I'm pretty sure he'd start flipping tables and flipping pews just like he did uh, when they were collecting taxes in well, the house of God. I think that, I mean, that's they still sort of collect people's taxes and stuff or they collect people's money and everything but yeah but uh definitely not a mandatory thing yeah i mean it's not a mandatory thing it's like if you have it and you're able to give it then like all i'm asking for is like 10 percent or some shit like that but uh that that goes into giving tithes yeah but i mean you know there's there's some people like at other churches and you know the bigger churches and stuff that you were mentioning and everything like that like churches. yeah like they use those people's tithes and stuff based on their income so if they're like really rich people and these this church is getting even more rich because they're getting all of these tithes uh, that that makes me think of Joel Osteen, uh, how he has like his own private jet. I mean, no pastor needs a private jet. I mean, is it good to go out and minister to other countries, other states? I mean, yes, God calls us to spread the gospel to the four corners of the earth. So that way everybody has the opportunity to hear the gospel of Christ. But hell, I can remember in the Bible, they had people walking, riding on camel, mm-hmm. like horse or whatever, like they had at that time, like in that yeah. time period and stuff. They would sit there, they would use boats or something, like to get their message across to other countries and shit. Like, yeah, but that, that goes back to like what you said is churches becoming more political and stuff, uh, especially with Joel Osteen. He's like, if I, I thought this was, uh, like not so much true. I thought it was just like a photoshopped picture or whatever, but somebody had messaged the Facebook page asking for a prayer request. Like, Hey, I'm going through a hard time. I need you to pray for me. And it was like, it was an automated response. It was like, well, Hey, you, you have to, like, it's pretty much saying you have to pay me to pray for you. And I was like, what? That like, that's not how that's well, for one. That's not how it's supposed to be. And soon like, I, I can't believe that because 
uh, growing up, that was one of those TV preachers that mom watched a lot of. And yeah. I never really watched into him. I, mean, I just went to church on Sundays and Wednesdays or whatever. Well, but, I remember, like, you would be coming to Dovertown and stuff around, like, middle school and everything like yeah. that. like in, uh, Dovertown or Mount Carmel, one of the two. Yeah, I remember us going to Mount Carmel, too. But uh, if I, you know, I fact I pretty much did my own fact checking with it. But if you message the Facebook page asking for a prayer request, they will—that's what they'll send back to you—an uh, automated message. They're like, well, hey, there's this prayer plan and that prayer plan, or you become a member and you can. Like, and that's not, you know, that's, that's not how like churches should be ran. Like, that's not how a Christian, a child of God, you know, God didn't say, well, hey, go pray for these people, but make sure you get something out of it. And glorify I feel them. like. Like, any no, big, I feel like any big church that is like getting people to pay money to like just simply like send pretty much good thoughts their way, like hoping yeah, that that's... whatever they're hoping whatever they're going through they can get out of and stuff, and that the universe works itself out, that God sits there and gives them this miracle in their life, and they it yeah. it turns around and stuff, you know. But I feel like once you sit there and you get them to like, you're starting to get people to pay you to pray for you and stuff. You're more so of a business. And that's when I understand, you know, the left side saying or maybe not even the left side. It could be like just the a a progressive thing, you know, where people are like, well, churches should pay taxes. I understand seeing it from that standpoint, you know? Yeah. But as you have far some as churches like, that are so small that you know they're what little bit of offering they make is what keeps the lights on in the building. I was about to say, like, as far as like churches like you know, Dovertown, even though it's got this bigger church than what it had and stuff, you know, you can see the size difference, they're right beside each other. But like, you go in there, and when you go in there, they're they're growing more from what I had seen, like, they're getting more young people in and stuff. But, like, when I went there and stuff, it was mostly just older people. There wasn't a lot of older people and stuff. There was barely yeah. any young people. That's, like, I guess that's another thing that kind of, like, because there was no one I could really connect with or relate to. The only person that was really there and still older than me was Bubba and stuff. You know, he was able to sit there yeah. and connect and relate to any kid, adult, whatever. Like, he's just good that way. Yeah, he's a really good people person. He's good at talking to people, making you feel comfortable, opening well, up and being I mean, yeah, as a doctor and stuff or, like, working at hospitals and everything, you got to be good with people. Like, you got to know right. how to make them feel comfortable and, like, get them to, like, open up and, like, you know, all, do all that stuff. Definitely. That's that's not a job you can have without communication and people's skills. But going back to what you were saying about uh, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, and all that stuff about hatred and everything like that. I had just watched before we started this podcast about uh, how Terry or Tyler Perry had sat there and he was talking about how his mom had lived in Louisiana and everything. And like, she would watch on TV, you know, the Alabama, the girls getting bombed in that church in Alabama and stuff. And like all of this stuff that had like kept happening and she was grieving and stuff. And like, he didn't understand. And one day he had came home from school and she was supposed to be at work or something. 
And he was like, why are you not at work? And she was like, well, we had gotten a bomb threat there today. And he didn't understand, like, why that place would get a bomb threat. And he was like, he was just taught to hate hatred, you know, pretty much. Like, to just sit there and not let hatred win and stuff. And I, I feel like that's the only way humanity's gonna eventually win is like just putting hatred as a thing of the past like don't forget that it ever existed but like don't let it continue you know yeah that's one of those things that's you know a lot easier said than done even if we can convince uh the majority of the world uh to let go of hatred and start giving love and all this i mean it's, most definitely so because like there's still the people yeah but and there's not a person alive today that you know in that single person alone or the single group of people alone has the power to uh, eradicate all evil from the world but you have this all-powerful god though that's the thing like so this all-powerful God can sit there and eradicate the all-evil. Yes, he could. So why wouldn't he? I think that it's a thing that we have to ultimately come together and do ourselves. And that's how we ultimately eradicate the evil. Like That's how God eradicates the evil, through the people who choose to love and choose not to hate, like that choose to like Mm -hmm. how me and you are like, I'm not a liberal. I'm not a Republican. I would say I'm just a progressive centrist or centrist. My bad. But, uh, you, I know that you're a conservative Republican and everything. You're a Christian. I'm spiritual. We're like, we grew up, being pretty much the same person but like turned out being two completely different people but despite all of that you know we look past that and we choose to like love each other like we loved each other growing up and stuff like we were still best friends like i feel like if there was more of that and less like quick judgment or some shit like that then there wouldn't be that much hatred. Like we would have eradicated most hatred if not all, you know, it's just something that everyone's got to do together. And it's a domino effect. Like if I choose to love this person and not hate this person, they'll see that. And then they'll choose to love this person because like, even though say they may have done me wrong, I don't hate them. Like, I, I still hope that they're doing good, but, like, they can do good outside of, like, my personal life, you know? Like, yeah. But the unnecessary hatred and everything, I think that's what's, that's just what's causing all of the chaos in the world, like, is unnecessary hatred. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that and, stems from uh, man's just wicked nature and and sinful nature i think it just i mean yeah that's definitely like going to like biblical speaking and stuff but it's just like the the way people are brought up and stuff and the people they surround themselves with 
I think that's what really has has a factor, like the main factor of like who you're going to end up coming and turning out to be and stuff. Because, you know, like there for a while, I was on a pretty, pretty dark path and stuff doing shit I shouldn't have been doing, rolling blunts with like Xanaxes and all that shit. And like I had to like get away from that. So I, I told my ex at the like time when I was with her, I was like, we need to stop doing what we're doing. And then she left me because of it. Which was kind of fucked up, but like looking back at it now, I mean, it showed me that she didn't want to change. Like I wanted to grow as a person and just put all that shit behind me, but she didn't want to grow at that time. And sometimes people just aren't on that same wavelength. Like they just, they're not on the same path that you're on at that time. Like maybe they'll get on it further down the line or something you know Uh but i believe that like people eventually find their path and shit and that ex that i was just talking about i I believe that she's found her path i mean she's definitely went through so many different paths but i think that she's finally figured out where she's going in life the person she wants to be and stuff and i'm happy for her like i really am because like I said, even though, like, I'd done some fucked up shit and, like, she had, like, done some fucked up shit to me. And s- there's no hard feelings there because that unnecessary hatred's just going to cause more problems. Mm-hmm. This is going to hinder your own growth and progress. Yeah, and it, it sits there and it stops their growth and progress, too. And who are you to sit there and stop someone's growth? That's something that I had to, like, put in my mind so many times like who are you to sit there and stop someone's growth so like when people get mad at me and stuff i just kind of brush it off i'm like that's okay like it's it i'm not holding any beef like if someone's got beef with me it's all one-sided and that's all it'll ever be because like i don't want to live the remainder of my life sitting there getting into it with somebody or like being mad at somebody for something that they did because we only get 70 to 80 years d- depending on like expectancy. Well, I mean yeah but depending on like what religion that you believe in and everything like we only get this one life you know like uh-huh. just this life that we're experiencing now like even if you're like if you into hinduism or something like that and you believe in like reincarnation like you still only get this one life so make the best of it like sit there and like love everybody because you're making all of these dope ass connections and shit like me and you sitting there meeting as friends who knew that we would still be friends like you're 22 i'm 21 i'm about to be 22 you're about to be 23 this this year like who would have known that who would have known that we would have been friends for as long as we have through all the bullshit that we've been through and shit, like that we would still be able to like come together and not look at the, like what we believe as a person, but the person that we are like genuinely, like how our heart is like where our hearts at. Oh yeah. And I think that that's something that's beautiful and that everyone should do because like, you only get this one life. Don't live it pissed off and everything. Like, live it 
loving people and like spreading that light, you know? Yeah. Because I mean, it's like I was telling uh, a buddy of mine, even the dimmest light, like even the dimmest light on a candle can still light other candles, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know growing up and stuff, like I had this personality of wanting to make others laugh and being there for others if they were going through something. But like I was going through shit myself. I was sitting there cutting just about daily. I had, I still have scars on my wrists and everything. And like, it's something that kind of reminds me like you, you're a dim light, but you lit others too. Like you were able to light others up and you were able to keep them going. So like, and you were able to keep yourself going like there's, but I wasn't really able to keep myself going until I got mentally stronger. Like I know you were definitely someone there that helped me. Like when I was really depressed, thinking very suicidal and everything. And like you, Luke, like like, I, I can't thank all of the people that's been in my corner enough for like everything they've done through all the bullshit that I'd put them through, through all the bullshit we had went through. Like, it's just, that's why I chose like just to love because we only get this one life. That's true. And life's too short. Like, like we said in the beginning, it was, uh, you know, our country being only been around for 300 years. And that's really a small time for, our time on this earth is a lot shorter than even that. You know, yeah. Like in the grand scheme of things, it's basically just like a blink and we're gone. So, and probably and not even it. that. We're probably like mid blink and we're already gone. Yeah. It's like if if when you think about it, and you realize you only have that short amount of time. Why would you not use that amount of time to have a decent positive impact on people's lives? That's right. Like that's why. Like through not only like this podcast, but like through the music that I'm wanting to make and stuff like that's what I'm wanting to do because music has always been, if no one else was in the room and I had nobody and there was no one I could go to, no one I felt like I could message music was something I could always like easily access. And it, it spoke to me and I want, I want to be able to like, do what music did for me for other people and that's speak through people or speak to people through my music, you know? Yeah. And like with the reactions that I got with the rough cut of the song and everything, like I've gotten some pretty good reactions. Like a lot of people is like this, like I, this resonates with me. Like this feels like something that was meant for me to hear. Like, yeah. And even though it's like depressing and stuff, you know, like I said about being a dim light on a candle and stuff and still being, being able to light others and keep them going. Like it's all depressing and everything, but the transition in the song is knowing that everything that's going on, like in your life, that's going bad in your life and stuff, that's all going to go away one day, whether, you know, you finally get to a point in your life where you feel financially stable, you feel emotionally, spiritually, physically stable and everything. Like 
you finally feel like it all works out or you die. Like eventually all of this bad shit ends. Yeah. So like, that's what I say in the song. Like everything will be okay because all of this shit will go away, you, you know? And then I, I tell them like, if they feel like no one is really there for them to know that I am, because like, you know, especially, you know, having you and Luke and stuff, there were rarely anybody that was there for me for real, for real. As I was like going through the really dark stages of my life, like really suicidal and everything like that. So like, I know for other people, it's hard to feel like, people out there actually care but like people out there actually do care it took a while for me to realize that with like you and luke and like a few other people that i've had in my corner and stuff like it it's taken me a while but i've definitely realized that people care (laughs) yeah i feel like everybody or i'm not gonna say everybody but i would feel like most people go through that point of their life where they you know, I have a hard time realizing that, that, you know, hey, there are people that care about me, you know. Oh, yeah, I mean. A lot of, especially nowadays, things can really feel one-sided in a lot of areas. Well, and you start comparing things like, well, I do this for this person, but they don't do this for me, you know, but I put this much effort, but they don't put forth the same amount of effort. And, and focusing on that, you know, give and get ratio, you just need to be focused on, you become happier when you realize, well, people do care, and they don't necessarily have to show that or reflect that in the same way I do. I mean, because everyone expresses feelings differently, so... Yeah. Like, someone's love language could be someone else's, like, hatred language, you know? like. <laughs> Does eating ass count as love language? No. We're not, gonna get, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> You can save that for the daily show with Jacob or some shit. Or the nightly show in your case. Like, you wouldn't want, like... The after dark. Yeah, you want all the freaks to come out and shit. (laughs) That's how they come out at night, so we'll see. Oh, they most definitely do. I can definitely guarantee that they will come out at night. (laughs) I tell you, the people that we arrest after 9 p.m. are a lot worse than the people that get arrested during the day. Well, I mean, because it's dark. Like, that's when crime's like, all right, guys, let's wake up. <laughs> but no, I mean, that, right. it's, it's true, though. Like, that's that's when cops should actually be out. I mean, I know in, like, the county's case and stuff like y'all are because I see y'all all the fucking time coming home from work at Good Springs. But uh mm-hmm. like Parrish, Cordova, they're not for real out that like they you got like maybe one or two Cordova cops that like kind of but even in that whole city you can still get away with something with just two squad cars. With, yeah, you can get away with a lot. I, I yeah, was like my buddies over there, he works in dispatch with Cordova and he said they only had like one officer out patrolling that night that oh really last, yeah that was last Monday I, I want to say see that's what's like, crazy that wasn't like, even a, and that was like the middle of the week or the beginning of the week they only had one person out patrolling it was like around 9, nine or 10 o'clock I want to say between 10 and 12 
somewhere in that time frame because I was getting my tattoo. And but I, I mean, you know me, if I get paid and stuff and I'm out at night and shit, you know what I'm doing, you know where I'm about to go and what I'm about to do. So, you know, I'm not about to sit there and get into any type of trouble. I'm just going home yeah. and smoking like <laughs> Fuck all of that dangerous. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna mind my business. I'm gonna eat me a pizza. I'm gonna go to sleep. Dude, I've sat there and I've rode by people coming home from getting bud and everything, and like they got pulled over. I'm be like, sorry, bud, but I'm I'm just glad it ain't me. Like, I hope that you ain't got any hard shit on you because it ain't gonna be me. That's why I wish they would kind of legalize cannabis and stuff recreationally or medicinally like it doesn't matter because you know people around here in Alabama and everything they think oh all these people that want pot legalized and everything are just these potheads that want to smoke and be high all the time but that's not really true because like we're able to do that either way like (laughs) yeah this is more so for the people who actually need it. They can't get to it. And like Joe, for example, like it's August 1st will be a year since he had passed away, you know, but that he, yeah, it's already been that long now. Dang. Yeah. It, it seems like time just kind of speeds up when you get older and stuff. Oh yeah. You're not, you're not set on like this fixed schedule of like school and then coming home at this certain time and like having the weekends off and all that like you're just on go all the time as an adult like you just have to be you shouldn't you shouldn't have to be because you shouldn't have to sit there and kill yourself over like trying to pay bills and do that for the rest of your life at this dead end job at for this dead end house. Like, I don't believe that that's how life should be. Like, I feel like life no. should be more adventurous and stuff, but that's what life has turned out to be, you know? So we're just kind of forced to be on go all the time. Yeah. And I think that's a way for us to like, not be able to like, just sit back, catch a breath and like, think to ourselves, like, whatever it is we might think like something deep or something controversial or something that could like spark up a revolution, you know, like we're just set to where we're constantly working. So we can't think about doing anything other than working and like getting bills paid and doing this and getting the car fixed and doing that, you know? Yeah. So I think that I believe that it's been, we've been conditioned that way for years i mean it's been like that since like ancient civilization it's not been to that extent you know like there was still i i would i mean i know there were like slaves and stuff in that time and everything but like i would i would say that like jobs and stuff like that wasn't something that it is today at least you know Like, we have all of these different things, all of these different jobs, all of these, like, different corporations and shit that pretty much do the same thing if you look at the bigger picture, but they're all different 
corporations and shit like that, you know. And that's just to keep people like going and working so they can sit there and afford these things and afford these houses and these nice cars and all that stuff Mm -hmm. that's coming out. Like you didn't have all that shit back in like ancient civilization. You had camels, horses, whatever, like depending on where you're at in the geographical map and stuff like (laughs) I mean, at least nowadays we can change a tire on a car if we need to. We can't really change a leg on a horse. I mean, you could try to sew it back on. I don't think it's going to work the way you intended it to work, but, like, it'd be worth a shot. <laughs> I mean, I, bet, I guess back in those days they try anything. I mean, back in those days they pretty much had to try anything just yeah. to see, like, what was what. Because they didn't have the knowledge education we have now. Will this work or will it not work? Only one way to find out. That's why a lot of people kind of believe strongly in like the stoned ape theory. You know what the stoned ape theory is? I do not. Uh, It's where like, you know, how evolution kind of takes place and stuff. (laughs) It's kind of like to support the idea of evolution and everything. But uh, apparently... Like, you know, monkeys, we came from monkeys and stuff or from chimps and everything. They took psychedelic, I think, mushrooms and it expanded the mind and kind of like progressed their way of thinking and and evolving and stuff. And that's how like man came about, you know, that's like a rough idea of what the stone date theory is. But like, it's a pretty interesting thing, like. I might watch I definitely because I've never heard that before. I was about to say I would definitely sit there and like watch a video or something. I think uh, Joe Rogan actually does. Uh, he's probably got a clip or something on his YouTube where he's talking about the Stone Dape theory and everything. But like, it's really interesting, man. I don't necessarily believe that we came from monkeys, but I do believe you know, like it's hard to say that evolution is fake like it's not real because like we've definitely evolved both like with our bodies and stuff like our bodies have definitely evolved since like ancient civilization times and stuff uh our like tools have evolved our construction has evolved like everything's evolved so like i definitely believe that evolution is real like it's you'd be kind of ignorant to say that evolution in our own organs that's evident in our own bodies and organs look at our appendix i mean it's oh yeah that's something that's like not needed yeah and like but at one point it was necessary to help digest raw meat yeah but at one point civilization we didn't know how to cook our food so i mean well, they say that, like, kids that are going to be, like, born in future generations and stuff, they'll be born without any appendix and stuff. And there's some people that's born without wisdom teeth. Like, I know I'm 21, about to be 22, and I've still not had any problem with, like, my wisdom teeth. Really? Like, you yeah, don't have like, them? Or you, they're just not I, giving I, you problems? I, I feel like I don't have them because, like, 
I'll check, and there's no, like, tooth in the very back. You know? Yeah. So, Have like. You counted to, like, see how if the numbers match up? Dude, I'm, like, not, I'm not going to sit there and try to count my teeth. <laughs> That's too I'm much time. It's fascinating if, if you were born without wisdom teeth. Like, I, feel like and I mean, you would know. There, There's, like, stories about how people get their wisdom teeth stuff taken out when they're, like, in their mid-twenties or something like that. But, like, I just – I've growing up, I've noticed that people around me, they generally get their wisdom teeth taken out. Like you, I remember you had gotten yours taken out when we were still in high school. I, I remember the – I still have yeah, one. <laughs> I remember the video and everything. Like, 